Okay. Welcome to the Youth After the Rock podcast. We are at it again for a rip-roaring fun time. Uh, we've got Eb here, as usual. How's it going, Eb? Hey. This podcast is brought to you by Justin's Laundry. <laughs> yep. It's, it's in the background. <laughs> um, and this week, really excited to interview my buddy Jeremy Langer. Jeremy say hello <laughs> hey how's it going yeah thank you so much for having me here i'm I'm excited for this cool yeah really excited to have you on um i know we've been texting back and forth the last month or so i don't know it's been a, yeah. it's been a bit but yeah um i'm really excited i think we have known each other since probably like i don't know 15 or so years ago that's what i was gonna say yeah <clears throat> it goes back pretty far yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think our, I feel like our, our friendship is funny because I feel like we've been, we're very similar in a lot of ways, but we've never like hung out a ton together or like done a bunch of stuff together. I was thinking the same thing as, uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, just kind of thinking about this podcast and everything. And I'm like, why, why haven't we hung out more? We, we have some definitely some similarities in our personality and just, I mean, even listening to the first episode of you guys just talking uh, about your experiences. I mean, I was just relating to a lot of what you were saying. I was like, dang, this is, this is crazy. We're actually pretty similar people. Nice. Well, cool. I mean, we'll we'll get into that. I'm sure. So that's exciting. Um, So uh, let's just do some background who you are now. I, I believe you live in Boulder. Uh, yeah. So I lived in Boulder for, uh, yeah, let me, let me back up here. Uh, so yeah, let's see. I have been, got married in 2019. Uh, that was in California and then moved over to Colorado shortly afterwards. I'm just looking to start a new chapter in life. Um, you know, California is great. Roseville's great, but, uh, there's a lot more to the world, uh, as I'm sure you've experienced as well in your travels. Um, so we didn't really do any research and we didn't, uh, which is kind of unlike me, but, uh, and then we, we just moved, we didn't visit. We just moved out here and we're like, Boulder's awesome. Uh, we kind of just plan on moving out here for like a year or two. And then after like the first week, we're like, okay, we're actually going to be out here like long-term. This place is awesome. Um, so yeah, we were in Boulder for a year. Uh, then we were in Longmont, which is just, you know, 20 minutes North of that. we've kind of slowly migrated to Loveland. Um, so yeah, let's see, we have a two-year-old kid now, uh, his name is Liam. Uh, we have another one on the way. Congrats. Um, Thank you. Uh, we have, uh, two goldens, um, golden retrievers, uh, and, (laughs) Golden yeah. birds, golden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, day to day, uh, I am a software engineer. Um, so yeah, that's that's Same. a brief about me. Yeah, right on, man. I love that. I saw you got into front end engineering. I was like, hell yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> right. It, yeah, I think that's a funny. I I thought that was funny. Just also thinking about feeling like we're similar in some ways. Yeah, <laughs> we both ended up in that career. Um, pretty crazy yeah well cool um i guess let's go back to the beginning then um how you know how did you grow up how did you end up at the rock um whatever you want to talk about from your early life 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, I grew up in a Christian household. Um, that was something that was very important to my parents. Um, both of them came from non-religious backgrounds. Um, so their entire families are, you know, not religious. And so, yeah, it was, I think a little bit of a stricter environment, um, very focused on Christianity, kind of living a Christian life. Um, I went to a very conservative private school for most of my education. Um, that also was a strict environment. Um, and then, yeah, started going to the rock probably in like second grade. Um, yeah. So, wow. So I guess that was like 2001 or something. Um, you know, it was just this small little church off of Vernon street, uh, or no, was it Vernon? I think that was a new one, but anyways, right next to there. And, um, yeah, so that was, I was spending a lot of time at that location because it actually was shared by my school as well. So given that my parents were on the worship team, um, you know, mom singing, dad playing the sax, it was, we were there six or seven days a week. So that was a very common theme was, uh, religion and just kind of being in that environment. Um, yeah, that's, that's a brief intro about, uh, you know, joining the rock. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, I feel like most of the people we've interviewed so far they're I don't think we've talked about many people whose parents weren't maybe raised in the church or like, I, I guess I'm curious, what is the story of your parents you know, like coming into Christianity? Oof, yeah, that's a long one. Um, <laughs> maybe a bri- abridged version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I know my mom had an influential friend in her life that was Christian and there was kind of this bubbly, uh, friendship that like, okay, you have something special and I want to know what that is. Um, turns out that specialness was being a Christian. And so she ultimately became saved that way. Um, let's see my dad. I actually am not totally familiar with his story. Uh, interestingly enough. Um, but I think it happened around maybe end of high school or, uh, college days. They met at USC. So, um, probably around that time they got pretty involved in, I think it was the Maranatha um, church, but yeah. Anyways. And that was like before you, you were born. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was probably 1990 um, or actually even earlier than that, probably mid to late eighties. Yeah. Thanks. Very cool. So I'm curious about the, I keep hearing podcast after podcast, you guys saying uh, people being saved. Yeah. Um, I think things are, <laughs> Like your term term is still being used by you guys. I mean, it. I was just kind of speaking from the mindset of still being in that environment. Um, you know, that's right. what they call it when someone is brought over to Christianity. They've converted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they've been saved from an eternal life of torture and hell. So, you know, that's the brief right. version. But I don't really subscribe to that language. Just kind of speaking in that context. Oh no, yeah, it's yeah. not a problem if you do subscribe or not subscribe. I think it's just really interesting this like terminology that you guys all all use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't it doesn't go away. I don't know. It's just <laughs> it doesn't really spend, as much spend. as you want it to. No. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, okay, cool. So 
<clears throat> going to like a, a school that's basically like at the rock, maybe not quite the rock school, but um, was there any kind of contrast between the school and like the rock itself in terms of how the faith presented? Yes, there was great question. Um, yes. So the school was definitely more, uh, conservative, uh, very, it was kind of a rigid upbringing. Like we were disciples. Um, I guess that was terminology used at the rock as well, but there was definitely different approaches. Um, I feel like at the rock, there was more freedom to kind of experience God in your own way. Um, whereas, uh, the school I went to was, you know, Hey, the earth was made in 6,000 years ago. Um, this is how we know that, uh, very, uh, you know, backed up, uh, logically they're, they're very, um, I would say intellectual about it. Um, there wasn't a lot of talk about gifts of the spirit, um, a lot of the people who kind of ran the school or were in the leadership there um, believe that that died out when the last of the disciples died. Um, whereas, you know, with the rock, it was not that way. Right. Wait, I, this is the first time I've heard this 6,000 years ago. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I, I don't. It, it, there was some exercise we had in high school to trace back the origins. You know, they talk in, I think it was Matthew, like the very beginning of the new Testament talks about uh, the origins of Jesus. And if you trace those back and, and then cross reference that with maybe it was numbers, I don't remember the exact books, but you, they have uh, lineages there as well. And you see, you know, this guy lived to be 963 and then, Abram begat this person and then and it's it's very dry right it's just a lineage and so if you trace those back and figure out when I mean everyone was coming up with different numbers honestly like during the exercise but it was roughly 6,000 years and uh yeah so that was what they subscribed to interesting yeah. basically like when when would Adam and Eve have first existed given this like genealogy of people and obviously when Adam and Eve first existed, that's when the world began. So, yep. yeah, it was, oh man, I have so many questions. Right now. <laughs> uh, like this quote in when the world began, is this like literally when the world began or is it like, okay, there's like been human beings, but then like really literally. we didn't do oh the God. universe. Yeah, no, this was a very literal interpretation. This was the earth is 6,000 years old. The thinking was, if God could create a mature Adam and Eve, why couldn't he create a mature Earth? Okay. <laughs> There's lots of, you know, loopholes you got to jump through, but this is what we were taught. How do they explain all the different cultures that proliferated around the world? And like, how do you explain? Oh, like we don't talk about them. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's... Uh... No, like, to be honest, like, we really didn't talk much about um, different other religions, different cultures. It was just kind of, I, I mean, there was that in relation to, like, the history of Christianity and such. Um, and, you know, we had a whole class called, I think it was called Church History. Um, but we didn't really study other religions. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think after going in my experience after going to like a christian college and 
learning some other things. Like there are a lot of different interpretations like that is not necessarily the the standard i guess i feel like for the older generation most of them probably do think that way but i feel like people more our age have been more like you know how do we reconcile like big bang theory and evolution with the bible and can we can we like read the creation story as more of like a uh like less literal basically um so yeah there's there are different interpretations in christianity even okay yeah (laughs) i feel like that's one of those things that's gonna like be up at night (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) you do some googling there's there's definitely a lot of rabbit holes to go down um cool so you go into the school you're going to the rock. Um, how how did you feel being in kind of those contrasting environments? Like what, how did the rock come off to you as a more, I guess, free, loosey-goosey, yeah. emotional environment? I, I really liked it. Um, I really enjoyed the rock. And I think I preferred that to the schooling environment. Um, something deep within me knew that I needed more freedom. Um in just everything, the way that I think, the way I live my life. And there seemed to be a lot less judgment at the rock rather than at the school. Um, kind of interesting, a lot of the kids, you know, every everyone at this Christian school was purportedly Christian and that's the way they tried to live their lives, but they all made fun of the rock. Um, they all <laughs> kind of like looked at it like, oh, you crazy people, like y'all don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I kind of had to sit through that and just be like, this sucks. Like, I really like The Rock. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, um, I, I don't think you've heard our last episode we recorded, um, but we talked a little bit about someone who came from a more kind of Presbyterian background and just kind of seeing that even within the church there, are you know there's this judgment going either way because i mean i think even coming from the rock and maybe looking at like your school um because i i remember like it was like oh the uh the cornerstoners <laughs> i think that's what we call <laughs> yeah. it because that was the school name yep. um but yeah there it's like the judgment kind of went both ways even just depended on mm-hmm. which side of the the aisle you were on at any point in time gotcha yeah but yeah, interesting. So you kind of felt like you were maybe living in two different worlds, I guess. Yeah, I mean, sorta. There, it was. It was kind of difficult. Um, I, I don't think I really spent a lot of time at that point, you know, reconciling my theology. I imagine as I would have grown older, and um, I ended up leaving, you know, Cornerstone in uh, I think it was tenth grade, um, so sophomore year, and. Um, that I've actually found at the, um, was it a public charter school or a private charter school? Anyways, the people there were, uh, nicer. <laughs> that was surprising. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, it did feel at the time, like two different, uh, kind of cultures, like ways of living. Mm-hmm. So for you talking about kind of wanting more freedom um i guess what what did that mean in like 
your personal life? Like, is that just something about yourself that you recognize that you like maybe have a more maybe rigid mindset in general or um, yeah, I guess go more into that. I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of goes back to my family dynamics. Um, you know, as I mentioned, it was a little bit of a stricter environment, um, especially during my first maybe 15 or so years of life. Um, and so I think I craved uh, subconsciously to be in an environment where there was less judgment, there were less rules, and um, it was more about just showing love to other people um, and just having fun. Like, that's what you're supposed to do as a kid. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I, uh, I I had some outlets for that as I got older, and that became um, really beneficial. Um, but yeah, hopefully Thanks. that answers your question. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have anything yet, but I have a question, I guess. So, so far, uh, it sounds like you like had a great time at The Rock. Like It was kind of a good place yep. for you like showed you a different side of the world brought out a different side of yourself that you liked yeah um and i mean i don't i don't want to like say like when did things go bad because maybe they, <laughs> maybe they did but like was was there a point where that kind of changed or yeah was it something different because like you know obviously i i know you're not still in the church at this point so mm -hmm. yeah yeah i can i can talk about you know what kind of started that questioning of faith, that deconversion process, and even just what kind of sparked some uh, questions about the rock, I guess, as a whole. Um, I would say, like you, a pretty influential part was winter camps. Um, I remember going through, I think it was the same thing you went through, uh, you know, being at these evening services in particular, and there was all kinds of being slain in the spirit. Everyone's laughing like crazy. Um, just like, it was wild, man. Like we, like we got to the point where we're like probably halfway through the message and we're just like, we're done. Like <laughs> just there's something God's moving. So like, we gotta, let's, let's go with the spirit. Right. And so everyone's down at the altar praying and like, just, you know, on fire for God. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, what was being preached was if you want this, you can have it too. And all you have to do is have an open heart and ask. It was very simple. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. Like, I definitely want this. I have the open heart. And I sat at that altar for like at least an hour, just being almost like dissociated. Uh, I think that's the word disassociated. Just kind of looking at all the people around me and feeling completely alone. I was the only one at least I thought at the time that was, you know, not laughing and it really sucked. It was like, how could God do this? Like I am asking, I am pleading with him, please just share whatever this magic touch of God is. Like you are obviously outpouring your love in a profound way here. I don't know what it is because I haven't experienced it, but I want to. And I didn't. And there were multiple nights of that. And that began to eat at me. Uh, you know, coming back from that trip was like, what even what even just happened? Like, mm -hmm. it's like my whole world was kind of shaken up. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely a big uh, inflection point that we can come back to. Um, 
another one was, I mean, ultimately, like I, I ended up dipping out of youth group, uh, pretty early on, uh, you know, kind of, I think 2010 or so, um, you know, I just started going for maybe a year or two and it was really neat, really enjoyed it. But, um, you know, it actually was something where I wanted to focus more on my career at the time. And I just figured, eh, like, yeah, I don't need this as much. Um, and I'm thankful looking back on that, like, although I do, I had, I did miss some of those experiences with, you know, friends and, but it was like, geez, I would have just gone deeper down the rabbit hole, um, which would have made it harder to come out. Um, yeah, before I get too I, far along. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I rewind a bit. Like, you know, you feel that, that feeling like when you reflected upon that, like, where did that come from? What's going on there? Uh, where did it come you from? Know, just feeling alone like, and like. Yeah, the dissociation and like all this kind of stuff just all of a sudden. Um, I I don't know exactly where it came from. I think it ultimately, I think it just stemmed from a desire to be used by God. Like that was kind of the mission of Christianity was like live a loving life and show God through your actions and your relationships. Um, you know, you will be known by those actions. And if God was working through other people, you know, an easy 95% of people in this room, I want to be one of those people. Um, and it felt just really disheartening to like not be chosen. And I had this experience multiple times in different environments as I grew older and, you know, I always had a desire to be authentic. Um, you know, like lying was not something I was, uh, <laughs> felt called to do. Um, and I, I just, I wanted to, to feel whatever that was. And, and the fact that I wasn't, uh, was really challenging. Was, yeah, I guess getting into a little bit more of the human aspect of it, was it like envy or was it more like something's not right here? How can you all be doing this? Like, yeah, it was I, exactly. It was like, okay, either everyone's faking it or God is just choosing not to show his love to me right now. Like what? It was just something I couldn't reconcile, right? Because God is supposed to be this all-loving person. I'm like, well, like I don't want to think any of those options. None of these really make sense to me. Um, so there wasn't a clear answer. Okay. Did you, um, at the time, maybe, did it make you kind of rethink the type of things that you learned in school from like your Christian school and think like, yeah, oh, maybe these guys had it more right. And like, yeah, maybe there's something that's not real about like this interpretation because mm. I'm not experiencing it. That's a great question. I don't think I quite went down that path. Um, I think I ultimately just continued to be immersed in that. Uh, I think like that evangelical environment, just like very gifts of the spirit oriented. Um, and so it was never, I never quite went the other way, although I did bring up questions to, you know, some leaders in the school about that stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, all that stuff died away. And I'm like, okay, it was, well, I don't know. They're, they're doing it. Uh, you know, people go out and pray for people and they get healed. So I don't know that I believe what you're saying. 
Um, so I remember like there were revivals happening down in Florida. Um, so part of my, uh, well, yeah, my, my junior high graduation gift was to go down to this revival. My mom and I had been watching it this whole time. We're like, holy cow, like people are being raised from the dead. What? This is insane. And so our minds were just blown and we wanted to be a part of the action. And we're like, holy cow, let's see God move in miraculous ways. And, you know, same thing happens there. We line up for this, uh, I don't know, prayer tunnel or whatever, like where the lead pastor who's, you know, very charismatic, just lights up a room and uh, he's, he's praying for people. As soon as he touches them, they fall over and they're like electrocuted on the ground. I'm like, oh, geez, okay, here we go. He's like six people away. And, uh, you know, so I just wait and I'm just, again, same mentality. I, I'm open, God, whatever you want to use me for, I'm here. I'm here to do your will. That was our purpose, right? We are a vessel. And so he, you know, comes over and touches me on the forehead with some oil or whatever, and, and nothing happens. And it's just another feeling of disappointment. Like, okay, this, this sucks. I want to be a part of this. So, yeah. What do they do when like something like that happens? Like if nothing happens, you know, there's this spectacle going on. There's this expectation of 100% awesomeness. Yeah. And nothing, you do they just kind of like, Oh, make us some excuse and like move you on. And like, Oh, I mean, what, he, what there happened? were, probably thousands of people in this conference room. Like he didn't, he, he just don't even know happy. He, yeah, exactly. Okay. Interesting. That's crazy. Is that the same pastor who like ended up having like an affair or something? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be laughing, but yes, I, I <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, not super funny, but at the same time, um, yeah, that revival kind of came crashing down. If I remember yes. when it was like kind of found out that he was doing non-pastoral duties. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, anyway, um, cool. Where were we? Um, yeah, good ha question. Having these experiences. Well, we were talking about your what was yeah. that? No, we were, I said we were talking about your journey out. Yeah. Um, ultimately, you know, I had a conversation with a mentor I had in my life at the time, um, just kind of about religion as a whole. And his advice was, hey, like, you got to make this yours. You know, at the time, I think it was probably closer to 19 or 20. And he's saying, you got to like, if you're either commit or don't, you know, be a Christian or not. And I think you need to take some time away from the church to really figure out if that's for you, like really analyze it, really ask those tough questions. And, um, you know, at the time my dad also had recently taken some time away from the church and, um, he was on his own journey in life and, um, you know, becoming less strict and more open-minded, um, which I'm very thankful for. And, um, those two combined really kind of gave me the freedom to, uh, actually step away from church. You know, I'd been on the worship team playing guitar probably about once a month, um, you know, for the weekend services. And I don't know, I thought I was relatively involved. Um, and taking a step away was just, it was huge for me, just being able to relax and think, okay, hold up. I have been in this whirlwind for the last 20 years. What do I actually believe? And the more I thought about it, the less, the more confused I was at first. And then, you know, the less I, believed in the whole thing. I mean, there were all kinds of questions that cropped up for me. Um, I, I had a few written in my phone and 
on this, this list where I met with this other pastor from a church who, you know, we were developing a friendship and he offered to take me out to coffee and just chat through questions I had. And I think he could kind of sense something was up. And uh, I was like, Oh, cool. I've never really like gone out one-on-one with a pastor before. Let's do this. Um, And I asked him, you know, some of these questions and, you know, couldn't answer any of them, which I didn't expect. They're hard questions, but I expected something and there was like nothing. Um, I mean, I, I have a list of them here. If you want me to read off a couple of them. I'm, I'm um, curious. Yeah. I mean, so something that I kept coming back to was like, why do you need faith to believe in God? Right. Everything else in our life, we can prove it exists or we're at least open-minded about like, eh, we can't quite prove it yet, but we're pretty sure this is at least a theory. Like we're okay calling it just a theory, but with God, we don't call God a theory. Um, God is fact and yet you need faith to believe in him. So it seems so contradictory for something that's the very foundation of my life that influences all decision-making, all charting of my life journey to be wrapped up in this word called faith. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a big one. Um, There's classic questions as well. You know, how can God let children die of cancer? Um, You know, some pretty heavy stuff. Um, Yeah. And even things like, you know, if the purpose of creation is to glorify God, you know, that's something we're taught in these catechisms, uh, at least I was at the school. uh, Why doesn't he do miracles 24 seven? Like watching limbs grow back every time, they're prayed, people are prayed over would bring so much glory to him that I would be a Christian. If that was happening, I'd be like, okay, yep, that's it. Let's do that. So like, again, it kind of comes back to the faith question. Why do we need that? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I, can yeah. I pause on that one? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that's something that like, I've had a similar question and have talked to different people about that. And I think when I was a Christian for a long time, I was kind of satisfied with the answer of like, even if God did do that, we would still like, people would still reject him because like, they don't want to like follow his ways or live by, you know, his, his commands and live a righteous life. They just want to be like selfish and whatnot. Um, But now I just think of him like, okay, but like, if it doesn't matter, then why does it matter <laughs> like if it doesn't matter if he does or not then why doesn't he just do it because it wouldn't yeah. matter if he didn't <laughs> right uh, yeah anyway you can, I totally you keep going <laughs> um yeah i mean maybe just one or two more I, I had a whole you know list of 15 questions or something but nice um an- another big one like the whole flooding of the earth yikes uh <laughs> that was a literal interpretation uh at least at the school i was at i don't know that we i had really heard of other interpretations of that um now people are talking about oh well that was just a story or whatever it's like okay where do you figure out which ones are just stories and which ones are actually happened right um but like the idea of killing 99 percent of humanity and 90 99 percent of animals like really they they didn't deserve that that's just cruel Like how you have this infinite wisdom, all powerful, all loving, and you blame it on, I don't know if it, it was necessarily blamed on Adam, but it was blamed on, uh, the devil, right? This, this 
character that came to be. And all of a sudden, somehow the earth is just too far gone, like can't be saved. So we're just going to start fresh and flood the whole thing. It's just ridiculous. Like that does not line up. How can that God be the same God that's like, hey, guys, I'm here to save the world now again. And uh, also we're going to do it better this time. And we're just going to be really preaching a message of love. Like that doesn't make sense to me how that's the same person. Well, isn't this, uh, from what I understand, from when I was in it, uh, it was explained to me that there was like this uh, delineation between Old Testament and New Testament, right? So it's like Old Testament, you think of it as like the the wrathful God kind of maybe if he's like a bad dad, doesn't really know what to do with his kids and he's just trying all these things and punishment isn't seeming to work. So let's try Jesus. And that's when the flip, the switch happens, right? So it's like, oh, now now we're dealing with kinder God because clearly God just decided, well, all that punishment stuff isn't working. So <laughs> um, that's, that's I think, how some people justify it, you know, like that contradiction, um, which kind of makes some logical sense if you think about it from a human perspective because humans can change in that way too, right? We can be assholes and then suddenly be saints. Um yeah, but like, yeah, you know, I was, just, I was also thinking a little bit about like the whole faith thing you brought up and like, yeah, I think it is preposterous, you know, to put faith in this one big idea without, without evidential stuff. But at the same time, like humanity works on a lot of faith. If you think about it, like I got to have faith that you as a person isn't some drug Lord running, you know, it's like, I don't think about that stuff with strangers, you know, it's like you kind of give people the benefit of the doubt and like, I'm going to trust you until you don't give me a reason until you give me a reason not to trust you yeah right so that's like faith as a utility seems kind of useful but it it can cause weird contradictions so i don't know maybe i don't know i've, I've been thinking about this a lot in my own life like attacking faith in religion is that the right way to go i'm not quite sure on that one because i think faith can be concluded in, in certain ways that actually do make sense um but I also agree that like the evidence doesn't support this and it should be a theory. Yeah. I, I think that there's room for faith in everyday life. Um, maybe just not to the point where you have to have faith that an all powerful creator even exists. Um, yeah. Maybe we're in a simulation. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like if we're all limited people with limited knowledge and ability to know things, everyone has to have faith eventually because we just can't know everything. So I feel like it's yeah. more where does your faith begin given what you know is maybe the the bigger question. Hmm. And maybe it's just more like faith more than anything. This is a fun a little fun side topic. Um I I I really like that you have all those questions written out because I think I, I have a list of questions somewhere too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like our process was just like very similar um, in a lot of ways, uh, which is great. It's, it's, I, I almost feel like in a way we're like alternate realities of each other. Like, <laughs> That'd be so cool. <laughs> for you, it's like, oh, what if I stayed in the church longer? For me, it's like, oh, what if I became a software nerd sooner? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess 
uh, going from there, from asking these questions, um, and you said you had a mentor. Was that like a, a Christian mentor or? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So eventually you came to a point where I was like, you didn't believe, um, I guess, where did your view of the universe and God settle and how did you know these people close to you respond to that yeah that's yeah that's excellent uh, to bring up um let me think here it, it was i don't know that well okay there were definitely some big questions that i could not answer um and even as i started to deconstruct everything that i believed in um there were still a few that were like right at the end this big thing um for me it was hell uh if i end up going through with this and deciding that this isn't what i want to be following and somehow it turns out that it was right all along i'm going to be punished eternally for this um so i think ultimately it was a fear based constraint and i recognized that and ultimately decided that like there's a lot keeping me in Christianity that is fear-based and I don't want to be limited by fear. I don't want that to control how I live my life. Um, so at some point I had to just bite the bullet and move forward with it, um, which was literally scary as hell. Right. And I, I, I got a lot of um, peace actually. And so I was, as far as I know, the first of my friend group to begin this process, um, it was, you know, another lonely experience. And um, about like, how old were you at this point? So I was about 20. Um, so this is 2014, I guess I started. Um, yeah. And at, at least, you know, like I said, from my friend group, it, it was, it was definitely like hard to, relate to others about this. I couldn't just bring this up in casual conversation. Um, and, and even in like more intimate conversations, uh, it, it was, it was challenging. Um, even my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, which is my wife now, um, I was scared to bring it up to her cause she was religious too. And you know, there's that Bible verse, don't be unequally yoked, right? Like don't live with someone who's not a Christian. Don't, don't be married to them. Um, which is very isolating. Uh, and you know, even just thinking about, oh gosh, I'm going to have to tell my parents this one day. Although I didn't feel like a lot of, it was more like if I wanted to, um, but it was still scary. I, I knew more than anything. Um, my mom in particular would take it pretty hard and, uh, th cause they, they put their whole life into this, you know, me being a Christian, that was what they wanted. That was like their number one goal. And for me to just spit in their face is just, it's just terrible. I didn't want to do that. Um, but that's like, no matter how delicately I went around about it and let them know, I knew there was going to be an element that they were going to feel. Um, so I had to ultimately make the decision for myself. And I think I got a lot of help 
um, finding community in Reddit, actually, of all places. Nice. Um, there is an ex-Christian subreddit there that I got a lot of value out of, um, just being around other people who were kind of already on the other side and seeing them ask the hard questions so openly was like freeing in a way. I was like, whoa, I didn't even think about this Bible figure like that. That doesn't make sense. That is crazy that he got called baldy and then murdered 42 people. And God was like, yeah, we're all good, dude. That was sweet. Like what? <laughs> uh, was that Elijah, Elisha, one of them? One of them, I think. Uh, one of those guys. Just yeah. Classic. I had it in my list as well. But yeah, just there are so many instances of that, that like they almost like get past your critical thinking filter because you've heard, well, actually that story I had not heard a lot of times. So that one really jumped out at me, but there are a lot of stories that are continually preached over and over. And I think we kind of become desensitized to it in the church. And so that critical thinking is, is not encouraged. It's um, which is unfortunate. Um, I think that more people could use that. So anyways, I kind of got lost on my, on my story there, but um, yeah, coming out of the the church and ultimately deciding I'm not a Christian was a years long process. Um, I remember telling my dad, I was like, Hey dad, I gotta tell you something. Um, it was almost like I was coming out and uh, I was like, dad, I, I don't know how you're going to react to this, uh, but I do want to make sure that, you know, I am not a Christian anymore and I'm happy to discuss why or any questions you might have. I know this might be a lot for you to take in. Um, and he was kind of just like, oh, okay. I was like, so that's it. Like, he's like, just don't tell your mom. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I wanted to tell her too. That's strange. Uh, but yeah, that was, that I want to hear more journey. about, I want to hear more about that. If you want to talk about it, Oh, <laughs> did, did uh, you tell your mom or I, you know, I, I never really did not directly. Um, I'm sure she's figured it out by now. I've asked all these questions about the flood and everything to her and she knows, uh, yeah. So I wish I had been able to, uh, just tell her directly like I did my dad. Yeah. It's hard. I, uh, what about yeah. you? Oh, yeah. So she was actually the first person I told. Um, I was, you know, it's it's a very vulnerable place. It's like I am putting everything on the line right now. And but this is me living truest to myself. Um, and so I'm so glad I brought it up. And, um, you know, she was part of the church as well. But to be honest, she wasn't as deep in it. Um, she was kind of on the outside, like, oh, all my friends are Christian. So I think I'll be a Christian, too. Um, and there wasn't a lot of, um, the, her own relationship with God. Um, so I felt a little bit more open to, uh, you know, opening up to her and, uh, she took it so well. I was so happy. Um, I mean, she just comforted me, you know, I'm bawling my eyes out. Cause I'm thinking about how I'm going to have to tell my parents and she's like, Hey, it's okay. I'm I'm here for you. I totally understand that you're going through this time right now and it's okay. Like I, I accept you. And, you know, I think if your friends are true friends, they're still going to accept you too, in some way. Um, you know, it's kind of different. Like if you're still part of Christianity, like how that friendship changes, but, um, 
yeah, I was super grateful the way that, uh, that she handled that. I'm, I'm curious. I got a question for you both, actually. I think I haven't thought about this before, I guess, with, with this particular piece of your guys' conversation. It's like now, now that you guys are both out of it, um, let's say you make friends with somebody and they're like, hey, look, I, I, I'm okay with you being not Christian and you're okay with them being Christian. And let's say they invite you and just like, hey, man, how, how, how do you feel about just hanging out with me one day at church? Just go to mass with me or something. I'm not going to try to, I'm not trying to convert you back or bring you back. It's just something to do together. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, would you do it? I could go first here. Uh, I honest, I would just be upfront with them. Like, Hey man, I really appreciate this. I know you're coming from a good place, but to be honest with you, I have a lot of history in the church and it just doesn't sit well with me. Um, again, I appreciate the invite, but unfortunately I'm going to have to pass on this. I think, um, cause I mean, I've, I've, been to church since being a Christian with friends. Um, mostly not like churches similar to the rock, more um, traditional like Anglican churches I've gone to with friends, um, which are much more I don't know, what you would uh, like kind of more Catholic feeling almost. Um, and I feel okay in those environments just because it is so different and it's not as like emotion filled. Mm-hmm. um that it's it almost kind of feels like it kind of scratches an itch of curiosity of like oh how do these people experience this um if someone wanted me to go to like a more mega church or charismatic emotional type church where someone might ask if they can pray for me or whatever i would probably be more hesitant um the only reason I think I might is just to like remind myself why I'm not there anymore. <laughs> um, just, you know, just to, to refresh those wounds a little bit and just be <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is because it's easy to forget. Like it honestly, like, I don't even say that necessarily. And it, it is funny, but <laughs> like sometimes I am like, was it really that bad? And then, I'll hear a song or something and it's just like, it all hits me again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my long answer. Yeah. I guess I'm just curious because like we're all, well, not all of us, like, I mean, you guys are closer in age. I'm probably like the whole generation removed from you guys. So I've had a lot of time to like, just like, like reconcile with a lot of crap over like last, probably good 15 years beyond you guys. You know, I, I don't know exactly how old you guys are, but I, I'm pushing 50. So a couple of years, I'll be 50. So, you know, I've got, I've got some quite some years on you guys. But um, I remember being around your guys' age and like being like, yeah, you know, that's still pretty fresh in my brain and I can't do it. And then like I met a woman and her family was like crazy Catholic. And it was like one of those contentious things where it's like, if I didn't go to church, it would break the peace in the family. And it was like, okay. I love this woman. I think I'll just do it because I love her, not because of anything else. Hmm. You know, and that was it. You know, I think that's when I figured it out. I was kind of like, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm just going to do it because of her. That's all. So yeah, that, you... that complicates things, having that with a love interest. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, did you go consistently or was it just like when you were? Um, it, was, it was more than once. It wasn't like, you know, one-off. It was like one of those things because like her daughter, who I helped raise, um, she was very influenced by her grandparents and she was very Catholic herself. So it was like, okay, I'm going to respect this kid's faith too, you know, 
you know, I'm still going to give her my values of like just being a good person. It doesn't matter if you believe or not believe, but she liked going to church. So I was like, okay, I'll just take you. doesn't matter. doesn't matter to me. I'm just hanging out with you, spending time. That's all that matters. Um, and I, I was kind of like, you know, you'll grow up and figure it out on your own. You make your own decisions. I'm not going to try to sway you otherwise because I'm okay with myself. That's where I was at that point in my life. Um, but I also probably wonder, like, if I was younger, even younger, would I have been more of a just stubborn about it, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It just, just depending on where you are, what stage you are in your life. Yeah, thing. Well, um, it's been a great interviewing you today. Ed. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know we turned that around. It was fun. Um, so we've talked a lot about like your relationships, how they've changed. I'm curious. Uh, I don't know if we got into like what exactly do you believe now? If you if you don't mind sharing, totally. Um... I think I lean more towards there not being a God. Uh, honestly, I just haven't seen the evidence for it. Um, although I am open to it. Um, at least I like to think I am. Um, I, If there is some spirit out there, we could just call it, uh, that is in some way, shape or form a God-like figure, then like, hell yeah, I want to, I want to get to know you. And like, is that okay? Like, can we figure that out while I'm still on earth? Um, you know, I hear people talking about psychedelic experiences and they've, uh, felt that oneness, they feel this deity presence. And it's like, oh, shoot, maybe, I mean, that has been something that's actually changed the way I look at the Bible, uh, even, which is kind of a whole other topic really, but, um, it, that is a really interesting thought to think about religion ultimately coming from maybe it was psilocybin or the psychedelic brew that early disciples had taken a part of and that was knowing god was experiencing him and that does interest me it's like oh okay i i kind of get it like that does make sense um, maybe it's a big game of telephone over thousands of years the message has just been completely distorted into from its original meaning and um, source so that does interest me i think that's an interesting thought experiment um but ultimately i it's hard to know right like i haven't experienced anything else um i will say i don't think it's the god of the bible um for lots of reasons that i've had time to figure out um but who knows like i i've really only been a part of one religion so i know there's a bunch out there and a lot of them do scream red flag to me but uh there are some that are like oh i might be able to get behind that uh play with it casually but um yeah, I think I hold that lightly. Uh, it's not something that would change much about how I necessarily live my life. Um, I think ultimately, like, we're here to make others' lives better, to share that love. I still believe in that, even though that's kind of the mission that Christianity taught. Like, we are here to be the light and the love of the world. In contrast, though, I don't think that the world is a really dark place. Um, I don't think it's something to be scared of. Um I think there was, yeah, like I said, a lot of fear tactics that were used and 
I just don't believe that. I think that the vast majority of people have great intentions. Sometimes their execution is a bit poor, um, but even, you know, people at the rock, I think they all had wonderful intentions, um, really well-meaning people, but um, yeah, I, I choose to believe that uh, I, I, it is a choice, right? Like I, I do choose to believe that, um, you know, everyone operates the vast majority, like I said, uh, operate from a good place. Hmm. Yeah. I think I feel a lot of that myself. Um, and I don't know. I mean, maybe it comes from, I, I, so far everyone we've interviewed, I don't think anyone's had any like horror stories of pastors at the church, like doing anything like really bad or dark um, or like illegal. Um, it was more just kind of like maybe some spiritual abuse, emotional manipulation, um, yeah. not to like downgrade any of those things, but um, yeah, I'm, I am curious. Uh, I think in one way we're, we are lucky in, in the community that we had that I, I don't think there was a lot of um, very dark things happening. Um, and so I wonder, cause I feel like I share that view of like, I feel like most people are, you know, trying their best want to do good and you know we're just human so we all make mistakes um but you know maybe other people have experienced much different and yeah who knows yeah I, that's I, a really fair point yeah I, I guess um i don't i don't my point was but just like i i can see why different people see the world in different ways um and i'm fortunate for my experiences, even though I'm here making a whole podcast about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's always tough. It's like you look back on it and you're like, God dang it. Like, I really wish that had gone differently. Like, I didn't need that in my life. And then you're like, well, I guess I did get to where I am today. And I guess I love my life. But like, you know, why did I have to go through all that? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Man, I think we're close to time. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other big questions that we like to ask, but I feel like we've we were pretty uh, efficient this time <laughs> in uh, covering all the bases. Um, so I've I've really enjoyed this. Uh, I don't know, Jeremy, if you have any questions or anything else you want to talk about before we sign off. Um, hmm. Nothing that comes to mind. I've, I've really enjoyed this as well. Um, it's been really great talking with, with both of you. And I, I love talking about this kind of stuff. Uh, I could talk for hours more. Um, so yeah, thank you for putting this podcast together and inviting me to be on here. This is, uh, this has been really, really great. Awesome. Do you have anything uh, you want to plug or anything? We asked this for everybody. Uh, no, <laughs> no plugs. Um, but uh Thank you very much, listener, for being here. I appreciate your curiosity and uh, you know open-mindedness to even entertain. I don't know what side of the coin you're on, really, but um, you know I, I appreciate uh, yeah just you being here. And I think approaching life with a curious nature and uh, also applying critical thinking is uh, a wonderful way to go. Awesome. Um, I think it's time for our beautiful outro music. 
How do we want to? We always do it a little bit different every time, yeah. Do do do. It's always like the most awkward thing, but it's because. Uh, yeah, so great. But I'm all right. <laughs> uh, nice. We cool. did it. We podcasted. Yeah, this is yeah. Great. Thanks for coming on, dude. Um, Absolutely. It was nice meeting you. Me. Great to meet you as well, Ed.